Hi guys, Tom Terwilliger here with Epic Men Tribe, rattling the cage and reigniting the fire. Hey, listen, have you ever thought about maybe in some way, shape or form, keeping yourself as young as possible as maturing entrepreneurs? This should be something that should always be on our minds because we want to stay on top of our game mentally, physically. And there are some strategies that we can put in place to make sure that we do that. And that's what we're going to talk about today with our special guest here on Epic Men Radio. Rattling the cage and reigniting the fire. You're listening to Epic Men Radio. That's how winning is done. So, I want to introduce you guys to someone who is, well, what can I say? I mean, he's extraordinary. And when I go down the list of some of the accomplishments, by the way, when I do go down this list, I'm going to need a breath or two as I do it. But I'm going to keep it as short as possible because it goes on forever. Our guest has accomplished so much in the medical community, in the athletic community, in the martial arts community. I mean, it's just he's absolutely extraordinary. And he's been a very good friend of mine for well over 25 years or so. And we'll talk about how we met, how we got involved, and some of the things we've done together and some fun stuff. But I want to introduce you to Dr. Bob Goldman. And if you've ever read some of his books, and he has numerous books, we'll talk about some of those as well. I met Bob through his first book, called Death in the Locker Room, having to do with steroids, anabolics, being abused, many of the athletes that were indeed dying back then in the 80s, and that's when we met. But Dr. Goldman is an MD, a PhD, a DO, an FAASP. He's a he spearheaded the development of numerous international medical organizations and corporations. Dr. Goldman has served as a senior fellow at Tufts University as an affiliate of at the Philosophy and Education Research Center, a graduate school of education, Harvard University. I mean, the list goes on and on. Some of the stuff that he's done outside of that is just, I mean, it's just extraordinary. Dr. Goldman is an all-college athlete in four sports, three-time winner of the John F. Kennedy Physical Fitness Award. He was also voted Athlete of the Year, was the recipient of the Champions Award, and was inducted into the World Hall of fame of physical fitness. And there's something that, man, I would love that honor, not to mention the other things that you've done as well, Dr. Goldman, but he was awarded the Healthy American Fitness Leader Award as well from the President's Council of Physical Fitness and Sports and U.S. Chamber of Commerce. I mean, some of the things too, and I want to talk about your, your, your organization, your company, because you have multiple patents in a variety of different areas in the medical community. But man, like I said, the list could go on and on. But first, let me thank you for being here and taking the time, man. It's so great to be able to connect with you again, Bob. Tom, it's, a, it's always a pleasure. And, uh, you know, you're a bit of a legend yourself in the bodybuilding and fitness field. And it's great to see that you are still rocking and rolling. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. You know, it's always been you know, a part of my mission to uh, serve and, and entertain at the same time. And one of the things I love about what we're doing with Epic Men and certainly with the podcast is we're attempting to do that, educate, entertain, and help people grow, particularly for entrepreneurs that are, I call them seasoned entrepreneurs like us, man. You know, I've stopped for the most part using the mature word. And I'm using season now because we've got a few years under our belts, but we've also, <laughs> but I think you can agree, Bob, that we also have a lot of years left. In fact, for most of us, we're just hitting our stride in terms of what are we going to do in this second half? So uh, we're going to get into some of those things, but let me, with all the accomplishments and everything that you've done in your life, what is you, what is the, what's the thing that you're most proud of? Could you nail it down to one thing? 
Well, I, I think it's the relationships that we've developed. I mean, being mentored by Arnold Schwarzenegger, Ben Weeder, Joe Weeder, Jack LaLanne, uh, Reg Park, to have known these people and to be mentored by them, uh, just to be there during that golden age of bodybuilding and mm. fitness and the explosion of the fitness community and the sports community. As you know, we both sort of lived through a, a really, truly remarkable time in history. And it's more so uh, just being fortunate enough to be part of that group of, you know, icons and to have met them and, and done things with them and at world championships or at Olympics or uh, Mr. Olympias or Arnold Sports Festivals or the things that we've been just very fortunate to be a part of. And this is, you really feel like you're part of history and it really is a neat neat thing. So I would say that I'm, I feel not so much proud, but most really fortunate to have met these people, known them, and been mentored by them. Well, you know, I mean, it's so true. I mean, when, when and by the way, guys, look up Dr. Robert Goldman online, and you're going to get a real treat because you're going to see some things. I mean, if you, if you want to, this is an opportunity to talk to someone who has met and, uh, and, and college with and worked with so many incredible celebrities, particularly in that area, particularly in the fitness realm and the bodybuilding realm. Some of the names that you mentioned, our listeners will, will recognize certainly Schwarzenegger, Stallone, many of those others, people like Reg Park, who is a Mr. Universe, probably most people wouldn't know, but a great mentor, certainly the Schwarzenegger himself. And like I said, to have had the privilege to get to know these people, but it's really fascinating to me too. And I, and listen, I truly appreciate that because uh, you know, I lived through that era myself and was a big part of it as well. But as someone who is a co-founder and, and, and served as chairman of the board for Life Science Holdings, in a biochemical company that has over 150 medical patents, and, and you have played such a huge role in, uh, you know, in brain research, in trauma research, emergency, emergency medicine, medical organ transplant, I mean, and anti-aging, to hear you say that this is one of the things that you're most proud of and certainly most thrilled about, it's pretty cool in my book because I was part of all of that and I love it, man. Well, at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're really muscle heads, you know, we're really gym rats. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and that's, and that's been kind of neat now at this stage of my uh, career. You know, uh, we started the personal fitness trainer profession. I started NASM, which is National Academy of Sports Medicine. And, you know, to see so many um, young people who are now gaining their careers as personal trainers is really great. You know, mm -hmm. and when you go in the gyms and you see the different equipment made by Life Fitness or Precore, you know, we were there when they were actually designing these things before you had ellipticals and stair climbing machines and, you know, uh, and to be involved with, you know, these different technological developments and now to see them, they're just all over the place and there are millions of people who are benefiting from it either in their career or, you know, training on it. But, you know, at this stage, you just sort of go back to your roots, which is, you know, really your bodybuilding roots and martial arts. I've gotten very involved in the martial arts yeah. community again after being away from it for a long time. And these are great and truly remarkable people who have done great things and are doing great things. And so, uh, that sort of led, led to now where I'm a movie producer and I'm starting to do fight movies and mm. things of that sort, which has is, is really been a lot of fun. Um, and working with Don the Dragon Wilson and Cynthia Rothrock and these multi-world champions. And um, it's really been a, a, a really fun ride. But now it's really a matter of, you know, what charitable things we can do and how we can give back and mentor others. Like we were fortunate to be mentored 
by these many people, you know, growing up on the East Coast and so on. Indeed. And, you know, you hit on a good point because I think for a lot of our listeners who are seasoned veterans and entrepreneurs and certainly many athletes as well, this is a time in life when we can find true value, not only for ourselves, but in providing value for others through our experiences. And really, that's what Epic Man is all about. It's about us providing that value through our personal experience and experiences from individuals like yourself, Bob, because, you know, I mean, you have so much to, to, to give the world now. And I love that you're giving back in that respect in terms of producing some of these movies. I'm still a huge fan of martial arts movies. And, you know, myself, I started uh, before bodybuilding, I started uh, studying Kung Fu when I was about eight years old or so. And uh, I think I saw my first Bruce Lee movie when I was about 10 in Chinatown, New York. I think it was called The Big Boss. And uh, oh, I yeah, went yeah, home. I oh, sure. I went <laughs> home. And I, mean, I was like, I had no idea who this guy was, of course. But I went home because my twin brother didn't go with me. And I just like, man, I was throwing kicks and punches, bouncing around, doing the whole thing. I mean, it just, I mean, he truly did set the trend for today's uh, mixed martial arts, didn't he? Well, yeah, Bruce was really remarkable. And, and aside from Bruce, you know, if you look at and meet some of the um, the martial arts today, uh, you know, your stars today, I mean, these guys are phenomenal. Oh, yeah. What they're able to do. And, and the nice part is that about martial arts that I really like is everyone is a teacher. They're all trying to teach. It's a, it's a whole basis. So when you meet somebody like a Don the Dragon or a Cynthia Rothrock mm-hmm. or a, a Ron Van Cleef or a Master Alan Goldberg or any Eric Lee, all these guys, TJ Storm, Kari Tagawa, I mean, the list goes on and on. These guys are lives of Bill Wallace, who is a multi-world champion. These guys, their whole life is around teaching others. And that's the part that really uh, engendered me and, and got me excited to be more involved with that community because their whole life is really about teaching others and passing the art down. And it doesn't matter how famous they get or how you know, busy they are, they'll always stop and they'll take the time to teach the young kids coming up. And that is really what separates them from, say, uh, a lot of the pro athletes in other sports who just say, well, I'm a pro. I don't need to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's really key. Boy, that's a really great observation, you know, and, and, and I have some personal experience in that area myself because I'm very fortunate to have worked with and continue to work with uh, uh, Guru, of course, we call him Guru Dan, Dan Inasanto, who worked, uh, of course, was, was uh, Bruce Lee's um, uh, assistant in developing JKD, but he's 78 years old now and still teaches. This is his life's work in many respects. And you're right. When you look at the martial arts community, this is what they do. They don't stop. They continue to teach. And I wish we could see more of that from professional athletes who have an opportunity to really get out there with a, with a name and a reputation and some semblance of fame for that matter, to be able to get out there and share more of that experience with young athletes along the way. I think we'd see a lot more uh, role models really taking the lead in that respect, but we don't see it as much. And you know, I mean, it's just, it's a really a shame. And this is something you continue to do. But I got, I have a confession to make. Now, now, uh, Dr. Goldman and I met several years ago. I mean, I guess it was back in the, in the late 80s or into the early 90s or so when I was doing a television show um, called Muscle Sport USA. I was, I was fortunate enough to be the host and help co-produce the show and work with some really, really great people. And Bob came on. Bob was one of the specialists. He was always a part of the show. And we and you were doing some really cool, fun stuff on the show. And and but honestly, you know, I was I was so caught up in my bodybuilding career and doing the show at the time. 
other than your credentials as a doctor, I had and and the books that you had written certainly death in the locker room, but I had no idea. And this is my confession: I had no idea the level of athlete that you were at the time, and still are for that matter. I mean, let me let me share this with with our listeners. Uh, Dr. Goldman holds the record for 321 consecutive handstand push-ups. This is unbelievable in my mind. If I could do five handstand push-ups and my best day, it was I was lucky. Five handstand push-ups, I mean, 321, I mean, that is amazing. Tell me about that experience. I mean, was that something you, you trained for to set the Guinness World Record, or is it just something that, hey, this is what I do, man? Well, you remember back, uh, I don't know if, you know, in New York, they used to have was the Jack Lane Health Clubs, you know, back, uh, back uh, you I know, do. a long time ago. That was yeah. my first athletic so club to, job. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I used to work for Jack's uh, Clubs in Rockville Center and mm-hmm. Little Neck Parkway and so on. And, and I got to meet Jack when I was, when I was first. Doing, in fact, the reason I broke the handstand push-up records, that was one of Jack's world records. Yeah. And um, so I ended up like really breaking it, not just breaking it. And so when I was on a TV show, remember Bill Boggs Midday Live? It was a very big show in New York. At I the do time. remember it. And, and the, so the, the, my bosses back then said, hey, why don't we put this kid on the show with Jack? And so people were a little uptight. They said, well, you know, the owners may not like it because this kid really broke his record very badly. <laughs> and so when I got on and I did some demos, uh, they said, well, what made you do this? So I point over at Jack and I go, the man's right there, Jack Laney, who's my hero. And after that, the rest of the show went great. And, you know, and, uh, but Jack at that time was like in his early 60s, which is even older than I am now. And he was <laughs> still phenomenal. And I started doing those um, uh, from a competition between the Americans and the Russians during the Olympic Games, where the Russians really embarrassed the Americans by doing so much more handstand push-ups on the parallel bars. So I said, well, let me see if I could beat those Russians and um, being part Russian myself, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, so I ended up doing that and then just ended up breaking my own records and set it for Guinness World Book and then went on to look through Guinness World Book and break every record I could approach, like the sit-up world record, the one-arm overextension handstand push-up record. I went after the 50-yard handstand sprint record, a pull-up record, one-arm pull-up record. I just went after a whole bunch of them because uh, it was just it was just a natural movement for me that I was just able to do a lot of these different type of movements. <laughs> I'm looking at a video right now of you doing the one-arm extended push-up. Now, guys, if you've ever tried to do an extended push-up, that means you're literally on the, the tips of your toes and you're reaching out pretty much as far as you can with your arm, one arm in this particular case, stretched out as far as you can, pretty much on just the palm and the fingertips, and then push doing a push-up from there. 161, man. That is absolutely extraordinary. So like I said, that's my confession. I had no idea. And I already had tremendous respect for you back then when we were doing the show and working together. Uh, but I honestly, I had no idea the level of athlete you were at that time. And, and that you would go on to accomplish so many things, write so many books. And this is one of the things I want to get into because obviously, I mean, without having to, to, to ask, but I'm going to ask anyway, obviously physical fitness has been a, a tremendous staple to who you are, number one, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say it has played a role in your success, even in the medical profession. So let's talk about that. That how you know, what kind of emphasis do you put on physical fitness, being in shape, staying healthy? To let's just say not just the average person, but someone who's striving 
to create a level of success in their business, in their lives, in their marriage, and find balance. How important is staying in shape, particularly for guys? Well, I mean, it's, it's critically important. I mean, because if you're not in shape and you're not feeling healthy, you're not going to be very, a very pleasant person to be around anyway. Um, and it'll instill the confidence and uh, self-esteem and you'll just feel better about yourself. You'll have more energy. You'll be able to do more. And, uh, you know, I have more energy now. I'm able to do more now than I did 20 years ago. In fact, a lot of people say I look younger now than I did 20, 30 years ago, which is kind of odd. Uh, maybe because I lost those funny looking glasses and the funny looking mustache. I <laughs> yeah, I think but, that um, might have helped actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, you know, we lost, we, I think we both had those going back then. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, it, it, it is real important that, you know, you get one body and, and with all the different technologies that are coming out now for early detection of disease and things that we could do. And, and so much more, we know about nutrition and vitamin supplementation and everything from hormone replacement to very, very, virtually every aspect of medical care is so much different than it was when we were growing up. You can really do a lot more and achieve a lot more and maintain or even improve where you were decades earlier. Now the aging process will, you know, take its toll, but even even in the aesthetics field in the old days, if you wanted to do something for somebody's face, you'd have to do a full surgical facelift. Now with all these new lasers, they have these lasers that will actually rebuild the collagen in your skin. You look good the same day, your face is red for an hour and you go out and you can do things now that you can, you know, just with the fillers and the the aesthetic procedures that we train a lot of doctors in this through the uh, academy, um, we are really able to do a, a number of sort of de-aging processes that were really didn't exist back when we were growing up. No, no. I mean, you had to go to it, like you said, extremes. And certainly most guys would never, back in those days, would never have thought about doing something like that because it was just too much. It was too extreme. Women were, <laughs> were doing it, certainly. But today, there's no reason why guys can't look and feel their best. Certainly, it starts with, you know, exercise. It starts with proper nutrition. But above and beyond that, even, like you said, some of the things we're talking about, if we want to feel good about ourselves, we want to look in the mirror and say, hey, you know what? I'm proud of how I'm aging. I can still look my best. I can still be attractive to my mate and, uh, and even in the business world. So why not take some of these steps, you know, in terms well, of... I'll, right? I'll tell you something interesting. The original anti-aging patients were not women. They were men. <clears throat> because when a man loses a hair on top of his head or his little little fun boy downstairs and they're working so well, they'll spend anything for it. So, um, you know, it was really the original anti-aging patients were not women, they were men. And uh, now with some of the procedures they have, like, such as PRP, platelet-rich plasma, and so on, we can actually regrow hair on the head, we can uh, rejuvenate the skin. There's all kinds of, you know, kind of neat procedures that are not really invasive at all, that are very quick and simple to do and have a profound effect. So there is so much more that, that men and women could do and more so the men are very open to it now and they are you know, not averse to try and look as good as they can because to keep their job, to stay competitive, they need to look good, feel good, have the energy to compete with the younger people coming up, if not for their job, but really just for their own self. 
just yeah. so they feel better about themselves. I, I agree. And, and it's not about vanity per se. And again, it's just about being your best. And there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to pull out all the stops in that respect in terms of resources. And I think, you know, you, 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 you skimmed over something I want to I just go back on real quick. I don't want to turn it necessarily into a discussion around this, but let's, let's touch base on something that, like you said, guys will do just about anything to save their hair. <laughs> and their other work, uh, sometimes not working so well parts. But let's talk about the hair thing. You talked about, um, oh, t- t- let's go back again to what you mentioned about hair growth. We can grow hair back on our head again. T- tell me about the research and, and what's being done there. Well, there's a number of things um, that, that, are, that have really come to pass now that are very effective. <clears throat> One that's being used uh, very effectively is called PRP, platelet-rich plasma. What they do is they take um, some of your blood out, they spin out, take out the platelets and put some other uh, compounds in there. And then they um, take a roller, roll it over the scalp. It makes some tiny little pinholes, which really don't hurt at all. And then they make what's like a blood shower cap. They put it on your head. You wake up in the morning, you shower and you're done. And four to six weeks later, the hair starts to fill in and all these follicles that you were thinning in the crown and the back and on the sides, it's really very, very effective. Um, so that's, that's one thing that's being done, and some of the hair transplant technology is really advanced. Um, mm-hmm. So this, there's a lot of stuff going on. Now, if somebody is completely, really bald, that's tough. That's a different story. But if they still have um, some, of their, uh, you know, some of their follicles left and they still have some even thinning or light hair, we can really make a dramatic change there. Well, you know, I mean, and, and also today, I mean, l- listen, uh, a, a bald man back in the 70s and 80s and certainly before that, uh, was was sort of an oddity and a rarity. You had Yul Brenner, you had uh, Telly Savalas, and few other celebrities, for example. And and most men who were thinned that much on top, bald on top, like my dad was, would have the hair, of course, on the side. And you don't see that much anymore. Guys, today, I mean, the look today, I mean, hey, man, grow a little goatee, shave the head, forget the, the whole problem, and move on. I mean, it's a it's a look that uh, many men are embracing today. So there's nothing wrong with that either, right? Yeah. Hey, look, it's whatever, whatever people are comfortable with and they're happy with. And uh, we're, you know, we just look at different technologies that can be used to uh, improve for what the patient's particular taste is, whether it, they want to get their hair back or they want their skin tighter or, um, you know, just to feel better. I mean, you know, there's just so many things that can be done today that we, we, we had to be extremely invasive in the past, like these horrible CO2 lasers that would make you look like a peeling snake for a week to 10 days. Damn. You don't need to do that anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. you can look good the same day. Well, let's, so it really is a great, uh, tr- dramatic change. from. Oh, and it, no, no, just, no doubt about it. And I think anybody listening who's, you know, getting a little concerned with some of these areas, uh, you know, facial wrinkles, aging, age spots for that matter, hair, uh, these are things that you should look into in terms of, you know, really sort of feeling really good about yourself. And there's no reason why you shouldn't. You should have pride in yourself and, and how you feel and how you look. And as Bob said, it's very important to be, be able to maintain your competitive edge out there. And that's just not you know, from an energy perspective or from a knowledge or an experience perspective, but certainly from the perspective of others who are viewing you. And a lot of times, you know, biases towards the aging or aging process, you know, depending on how you look and you can be 60, you can be 70, but if you look healthy and energized, this is the, this is the feedback you're going to get in terms of your careers in your businesses, and even in your marriages. So let's, let's do this because, you know, I don't have an opportunity to talk to someone with the level of expertise that you have, Bob, but I want to, 
you know, I don't, I, I don't want to belabor it, but at the same time, let's look at what's happening today in, in some of the other areas of anti-aging or stopping the clock, specifically for men. Because for, for an epic man, we talk a lot about the role of testosterone. Uh, in many respects, in terms of the winner effect, in terms of our ambition, in terms of drive, any number of things, testosterone and hormones, male hormones are playing a key role. And we also know that it begins to diminish with at a certain age and stress level. So let's talk about what's happening in that community. What's the, the, the most advancements and what can guys do to really kind of slow down the clock in terms of the hormone issue? Well, first I want to qualify that we're, we're talking about, you know, proper physiologic replacement. We're not talking about doping where athletes no. take, you know, would take 10 to 100 times the amount of therapeutic. And, and that was, you know, we would do the drug testing for that to keep them as clean as we could. Mm-hmm. But what we're really talking about here is appropriate hormone replacement for males 40 and above who's, who are, you know, they're low in DHEA, testosterone, pregnenolone, whatever the case may be. You know, after you get past 40, you know, the hormones start to drop. This is just a normal physiologic uh, response that, that is going to happen to most males. By the time they're 50 or 60, it's going down lower and lower. So there is a number of ways to physiologically place. First, you need to always see a, an anti-aging doc so that, you know, you are following protocol and that you are um, making sure that you're not overdosing or, or taking the wrong kind of things or taking too much. Um, because uh, you need to make sure that you are a, a proper candidate for uh, hormone replacement. Right. So in other words, you don't want to just buy uh, some kind of bottle of something from the guy in the locker room anymore. This is not, uh, no, no, you not wanna, the way to go. You don't need to do that stuff anymore. I mean, there you know, the doctors who can very legitimately put you on the proper HRT or hormone replacement therapeutic program and monitor you to make sure that you, know, that you are doing things properly with medical guidance. And again, this is not for athletes to enhance performance. These are about people whose hormone levels have dropped and, and we're trying to get them normalized again. And, and they don't need to be taking injections and needles. I mean, these things are compounded by compounding pharmacies to specific levels where it's a cream and you just, you know, you just rub a cream into your, uh, uh, onto your forearms and you're done. You do that once a day or so. Um, so these are not, you know, things where you need to carry on needles and pills and bottles and all this sort of stuff. But again, you just don't do it on your own. You really need to be appropriately monitored and, and done in a very safe and medically effective manner and stay away from the overdosaging thing, which is the concern that we had with athletes where they would just be, you tell them to take one and they take six. Mm-hmm. That's where we would run into the issues. And that, and that was part of our dope control to try and avoid that. Well that, well, that makes sense. And certainly, you know, I, don't, I think probably the, the vast majority of our listeners right now wouldn't be in that particular area or that realm. But I think some of them might be thinking, well, you know, I don't know, man. And again, they may have the perception. You know, we're talking about steroids here. Ultimately, what it comes down to, at least in terms of, in terms of testosterone replacement. Um, so they got this, there's still this stigma around that, that, you know, I'm cheating. This isn't what I should be doing. You know, so what are your thoughts around that for men that are over 40 that may have those signs and symptoms and maybe have even been tested and are at the low end of the scale? Let's just say they're 240, 250, 260, and they're at the low end, but they're still feeling those symptoms. I mean, are they cheating by taking 
and when I say cheating, I mean just cheating nature themselves no, in any no. shape or form? No, I mean, so they're, they're experiencing andropause like a woman develops menopause. So, you know, it's just like if you're a diabetic, you're not going to not take insulin because you're trying to treat, treat nature because it wants you to die early. Mm. I mean, if you, go by, if you just go by nature, I mean, typically our bodies were really only made to last to be 25, 35, 40 years old. I mean, for thousands of years, the average lifespan was only 26 years of age. Then uh, a few hundred years ago, it was only 46. A uh, hundred years ago, it was, in fact, until about a hundred years ago, it was only about 46, 47. Uh, today, it's in the 80s. Um, and so if you just went via nature, our bodies were really only made just to be good for childbearing and then die off, which is why people died at such a young age. Mm. I mean, that's just the way it works. So we're not really cheating anything. What we're doing is we're trying to get maximum function like you would uh, like if man was meant to fly, he, he would have wings, you know, I mean, you know, we're <laughs> flying, we're driving, we're doing all these things all over the world here. Um, so what you're doing is you're using science and medicine and technology, uh, just like you would in a car or, or an airplane or anything else. Um, so this is all appropriate, as long as it's done appropriately with physician guidance, and then you are not abusing the ability to, to do these things. Uh, and you're not overdosing beyond which you were recommended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think that's something we have to, it's an archaic way of thinking for guys today. And uh, I mean, these things are all over, available everywhere now. You can find a good doctor. You can find someone who specializes in this area. Have yourself tested, find out where you're at, and make sure that's something that something uh, that is required, that's needed. And there may be ways of naturally elevating it. Because I, I think, I think you can agree with me, Bob, that a lot of times for men, in many respects, the aging d- uh, factor definitely plays a role in the reduction or uh, a production of some of these hormones, but also things like stress, improper nutrition, uh, living a, a lethargic or, or a sedentary lifestyle can also play a role in the reduction of production of these things, can it? Oh, absolutely. And re- realize we're also living in a very toxic environment. We, you know, people today are not... You have all the GMO genetically modified foods. You have toxic air, toxic water. <clears throat> the reason they have to enrich the bread or fortify the food is because it's so screwed up. I mean, you know, it's not grown in the same type of soil. I mean, we are really living in a truly toxic environment from the air, water, and food and everything else. So, you know, you need to almost protect yourself because you're just not going to get enough of the nutrition you need from foodstuffs anymore because it ain't the food that it was in the old days. And, you're not going to sit there and eat like, you know, 50 oranges so you can get uh, 500 milligrams of vitamin C. So, you know, it, it, these are things that um, you could see the difference. In, and we see it in the, in, the, in the bodybuilding and fitness community. You see people that are 60, 70, 80 years old that are tremendously fit, better than their contemporaries who are 30 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a different world now. So we need to avail ourselves of the technology, what you can do, how you can do it, and then spending the time and effort and self-education to actually do these things. Yeah, and, and I agree 100%. Spending the time getting the education is a big part of it because, again, guys, what we're trying to do is also not just change the body but change the mind, change the mindset. And when you immerse yourself in something, when you educate yourself about something, you begin to think about it. You begin to embody it. And then you start to take the actions. If someone just says, hey, you need to do this, this, and this, and that's it, and you just do those things, it's not, you know, it's not first and foremost in your mind in terms of the actions you take outside 
those slight modifications. So when you start to immerse yourself into learning the technology and how your body works and what you need to be doing and working with a professional on that, then you also think more clearly about your diet and your diet choices, your movement choices, these other things that all become part of the mindset you need in order to really continue to be fit, stay fit well into your 80s and 90s and certainly maximize your fitness capabilities and energy levels now, today, so that you can maximize your business potential as well. And so with the few minutes that we have left, Bob, what I want to do is I just want to shift gears a little bit because not only are you a doctor and an athlete and an author and all these other things, but you have been and continue to be now certainly with producing um, martial arts movies, an entrepreneur as well. Maybe you can help us understand or, or, or at least share your perspective on that entrepreneurial mindset. What is it that separates you from someone who just says, hey, you know what, I'm going to get a job at a hospital, I'm going to get a job somewhere, I'm going to make it nice and safe, and that's going to be it. Instead, you take these risks that you do with your money, with your time, with your energy, with your reputation. What sets you apart from those who just go out and get a job? Well, it's, a, it's actually a funny story. When I was finishing my medical training, the uh, chairman of orthopedics who wanted me to, you know, do orthosurgery and neurosurgery said, wouldn't you stop screwing around and get a real job? Because <laughs> I was going into my, and a few years later, he's saying, well, can I work for you? Well, the things with entrepreneurs is one, you can't be afraid to fail. You're going to fail multiple times before you get it right. And I used to keep a plaque with all the failed projects and I ran out of metal plates on it because there were so <laughs> many failed projects. But, each each failure, you really learn how to do things better and better. And um, at the end of the day, you you can't be afraid to fail. You got to you got to be able to uh, have the courage and belief in yourself to overcome all the odds, just like Arnold did. I mean, Arnold came to this country, couldn't even speak English. They said, "Who's this dumb oaf? How's he going to do anything?" And he went on to become one of the hottest stars in Hollywood, very successful entrepreneur and businessman because. He just doesn't go up. He give up. He's like the Terminator. Mm. And so if you model yourself and never giving up on yourself and, and your true beliefs to conceive, achieve, believe. Uh, Tony Little is a good buddy of mine who you know is a former bodybuilder. Tony's mm-hmm. sold hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars of, of, uh, of equipment on TV because he's just a very, very hard, innovative worker. Um, you know, so the, the key that I think is not being afraid to fail, just keep going at it, but being smart. You've got to know when to move to the appropriate project, but you must believe in yourself. You've got to be willing to really work very, very hard, but all you need is one of those 14 projects to hit, and you're set, um, and, but it's not easy, and you, you, you have to overcome the fear, um, and uh, being an entrepreneur is tough, you know, and it's not safe. And it, it, it is not the easy way to do things. But I can tell you from my personal experience, I wouldn't do it any other way. I'm glad that I was, uh, you know, always and, and am an entrepreneur liking to delve into new areas and create new industry. It's, um, it's, a, it's more of an exciting way to live. It can be a little nerve-wracking at times. Boy, <laughs> what a ride you have, you know? Absolutely. I mean, that's what I love about entrepreneurship myself and why we, why we produce this show for those people out there. And again, for those seasoned entrepreneurs who are facing the second half, where do I go? What do I do? Do I give up? Do I quit? Do I continue? Or maybe you've created some success in your life that allows you to spend the rest of your days on the golf course. Is this something you really want to do? Just keep your fire lit. And the key is to keep believing in yourself and keep moving forward. So there's only a few seconds left. What I'd like you to do is maybe just if you have, if you can think off the top of your head, what is one challenge you would put out 
to our listeners right now. Imagine them just like you and me, mature, seasoned, entrepreneurs, men. What is the challenge that they need to face today that they need to put in front of themselves to rattle their cage and continue to reignite their fire? How would you challenge them? Well, I would challenge them that, um, you know, if they're not satisfied with where they're at, they need to make that change immediately and they need to start not next week, not next, next month, not starting in the new year. They need to start now because a lot of times when people want to lose weight, they go, oh, I'm going to start to lose weight before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving comes and they eat too much. I'll start Christmas. Then Christmas comes, they eat too much and they're not working out. I'll start in the new year. Then the new year happens and after New Year's, they break their diet or they break down and they don't get done. And then, and so, well, I'll wait till next year. So they just need to, it's really like a Nike commercial. You just have to just do it. Just do and then it you have to be, you got to be consistent. You know, you just can't do it one day. You really need consistency and discipline are the key issues here in really making that happen for yourself. Wow. I love it. Great challenge. That means if you decide now or if you decided yesterday or the day before that something has to change, don't put it off. Make that change. Take some massive action step right now. Great challenge, Bob. I appreciate it. Dr. Bob Goldman has been our guest. Bob, where would you like to send people? Where can they take a look at what you're doing or maybe support you in some way, shape, or form? Well, I, I'm, you know, my, my activities are really all charity-related now for the most part, so they don't need to support me on anything. But uh, they can go to drbobgoldman.com. There's a lot of neat uh, information there, as well as worldhealth.net. Uh, there's uh, hundreds and hundreds of free articles and free information on anti-aging and fitness and health. And um, they just should just really just try and self-improve and really work hard to make themselves better. And they'll be able to contribute more to the world. The better they get, the better they can help others. Absolutely. And I would also recommend everyone on this call, if you're on Facebook, uh, connect with Bob on Facebook, whether or not he's got room for more friends. I doubt it. But take a look at what he's doing, man. It's a really cool fun, exciting stuff in the martial arts field, in the movie producing field. You're going to see him with some really cool celebrities. Get to know Bob, follow some of his teachings, read many of his books. There are countless ones out there. You can find those at, uh, at bobgoldman.com. And uh, so what can I say? I mean, it's, it's been great reconnecting with you. And, and I, I can't tell you how much we appreciate you making the time to be with us today, Bob. Appreciate it, man. Um, pleasure. It's always great to hear from you, buddy. You too. We'll stay in touch and talk soon. Hey, guys, this has been Tom Twilliger with Epic Men Radio, Epic Men Tribe, rattling the cage and reigniting the fire. If you haven't already downloaded your free copy of the Epic Men Manifesto, go to epicmen.com right now and make sure you do that and then share it with everyone you know. And also, we appreciate it when you share these podcasts as well. We'll see you next time. How it is done. Thanks for listening to Epic Men Radio. Now get off your ass and give us a review on iTunes. And make sure you subscribe to and share Epic Men Radio with other men in your tribe so no one will ever miss a single empowering episode. You can also find us at epicmen.com.